Here's the question. How do you make the impossible possible? Simple. Remove the I am, the ego. Now, how do you step into that newfound possibility? With a series of small intentional steps. Never forget, the greatest among us started from humble beginnings. But to truly unlock your potential, realize you're here for something greater. If you're yearning for more than just a good life, let's take that small step together to reach greatness. Welcome to the Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where we're talking to those who have gone from mediocrity to motivated, overlooked to overachieving, forgettable to unforgettable. Are you ready? Let's go. I've been anticipating this moment for couple of years, this moment where I sit in front of a camera, this camera, and record the podcast that puts some of my message and other people's message out there. Looking forward to this. This is Greatness from Small Beginnings podcast, where typically we're going to be interviewing people that have done something great, that have come from small, whatever that means to them, whatever that means uh, in regards to the conversation, that's typically what I'm going to be doing. But I thought I would set the stage for that for those who are interested in watching episode number one, which is where we are. That's uh, exciting and uh, a little crazy to me that it's number one of I don't know how many is coming. But having said that, I want to make sure and, and lay the framework for anybody that wants to come back and watch this and say, well, what, this, what is this all about? Well, it's about greatness. So in preparing for this, I looked up some definitions, and uh, definitions are, are a good thing. So let's read it. The greatness, the definition, the, the state of being exceptional, outstanding, or extraordinary, it's a measure of excellence that goes beyond average or ordinary, inspires admiration, respect, and often a la- and creates an often a lasting legacy. I also added to that, it wasn't in there, but I always, I always picture somebody that's great as a kind of a high level, a, st- a striver, one that's willing to walk one that's willing to strive, push forward, do things that are a little uncomfortable or a little abnormal. I have some people around me that are great because they're really hard workers. They're really, they really are intentional. I love that about them. I would consider them great. So here's the framework in my mind of this greatness. We're created from the mind of God. Now, we can get into the semantics of what that looks like, the the verbiage of how we were created. In the Bible, Genesis 1, it talks about him speaking us into existence. But anytime we speak something, it comes from somewhere. It comes from somewhere else. And in his his unlimited, it's a limiting thing to even say in his world, in his realm— His mind, which is, it knows so much, it's omniscient, it thought of us. It thought of us, his 
his people, his children, his humans. And of course, it thought of the whole world too, which is intricately put together. So we were created from the mind of God. Let's just go with that. And then how do we, how do we consider God in this, in this equation? Well, I've heard some people say, and I can think of the person in my mind, and it just makes me smile when I think of him. He always likes to be a little sarcastic about things, and he leans forward and he says, yeah, but the king of kings sees it this way. The master, someone else, I've heard them pray multiple times, and they always say, master? And they start the prayer addressing God as master. So he is master of all. He's creator of all. He's the one that owns that mind that we were made from. And, of course, he's omniscient, which is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's, he's all-everything. But here's the, here's the question that goes with that. Why did he do that? Why did he create us? Okay, I've laid the founder, foundation of greatness, the definition, and that God is great enough to make all this, but why did he do that? Here's some questions I have. Besides that one, did he create us for average? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? Why would anybody do that? For little or no impact? For no influence? For average. Back to the word average. Is that what he's going to do? Did he make us to just populate the earth alongside the animals and the bugs and the fish and then just someday, maybe millennia down the line, just go away, just die? No, I assure you that is not the case. And I say no to every one of those questions. He did not create you or I for average. Often we give in to that average, though. As I was thinking about this time, talking about greatness, of course, I thought of people. And I got online and I just did a quick search. And here's some names that you'll recognize who are people that came from small beginnings and became great. Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, J.K. Rowling. So these are people in media. These are authors. These are, uh, I just heard last week that Elon's the richest man in the world. I don't know. I don't know. I just know he's, he's super smart and he's got a lot of money. And he came from next to nothing. Serena Williams, what a story there. David Green, the uh, founder, along with his side, his wife, the founder of Hobby Lobby. Mother Teresa, a lot of great stories about what she did and who she is, the influence she leaves behind. C.S. Lewis, Billy Graham, how much influence has he had in the world? I know people that if Billy Graham didn't exist, they're... they're Life today would be much different. Corey Ten Boom, look up that name. What a story from uh, 
just prior to World War II, during World War II, and the things she did for people. Here's some people in my world that I watch, a couple of them. A couple of them I do not. <laughs> uh, Tim Tebow. I keep an eye on him. Like, he's, he's passionate. He's doing stuff, and it's, it's very encouraging. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. Uh, Lecrae, an artist. I don't listen to him, but he came up in the list of people that are, that are creating action, that are creating a legacy that is pointed the right direction. Bethany Hamilton, she's the one that lost her arm to the, to the shark, and uh, there's a movie about her, and her, and her testimony is amazing. Amazing. Thinking about the Robertson family, Duck Dynasty, Sadie Robertson, she's very uh, all over the place like nowadays, and yet she's doing a good job of holding, holding ground for the sake of kingdom work, for the sake of things greater. I'm going to mess up this guy's last name, uh, Nick Vujicic. Don't know if that's spelled right. He's, he's the guy, the motivational speaker with no arms and no legs, and he literally forces himself around stage and talks. He's got one thing. He's got his mouth. Well, he's got his mind too, but he's got a heart that's amazing. He's passionate, and that's a great reflection on he was put on earth to do something great, and he doesn't need arms and legs to do it. It's incredible. Priscilla Schur, I think is how you say her name. She's a Christian a black woman that just preaches the truth, digs into deep subjects, hard subjects, abuse, homosexuality, and she's cutting edge, and yet she goes to the Bible the creator and asks what he thinks about these things and then discovers them and then puts it out there. She's, uh, she's pretty unabashedly um, prophetic, I guess you can say. She tells the truth. Another one would be Francis Chan. He's a writer, an author, he's a pastor, and he's just, he's just a, what I call a truth giver. So that's some names. That's to put it in context. And where do we fit with those people? So we can discover that as we look through this, look through the next thing. So what do all these people have in common? And then what do I and you have in common with them? So what do they have in common with each other? Well, I think everybody on that list, I think, would admit that they're imperfect. They're flawed. They got a ways to go. They are imperfect, maybe socially or relationally, or they get distracted, or it's just there's a long list of things that would make them think of themselves as flawed or imperfect, but they all have that in common. They're tenacious. So they can take a lot of pain. So here's a story from my past about. Two and a half years ago, I was standing, I'm in, my company is in the asphalt business, and I was standing on this guy's driveway, we had done some work for them, talking about doing more, and we were working for the builder, but this was the guy that was buying the house, he owned the house, and we were just standing there talking, and 
I told him, yeah, I've been in the business at that time, and I think it was 37 years. He had been in business about 25 years. And he said, man, 37 years, you got to be you got to be pretty good at this. And I, I admitted to him, I said, no, I'm not. I'm not natural at this. This does not come easy for me, this whole business thing. Now, I'm still learning, and I'm willing to learn, and I'm, I don't see another pathway in my life that I'm supposed to do. I'm going to stay in business, but I'm really not that good at it. And he said, no, 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 37 years in business, that means you're good at something. You're good at it. And I responded by saying, well, Here's my response to that, is that I'm tenacious, which means I go after it, I go get it, and that I can take a lot of pain for a long time, can be uncomfortable. He laughed and said, yeah, I guess all of us business owners that have been at it a while, that's, that's in common of all of us. Every pe- person in that list that I gave earlier, if you read their stories, the ones I have looked into, it's the same there. They're tenacious, and they can take some pain. What else is in common between all of them is they they did not allow their fear to keep them small, to keep them in that place of small beginnings. Uh, They did not listen to the press, so to speak. They did not listen to those who said, nah, you can't do that, or you don't have what it takes or you're not small enough or smart enough or big enough or whatever it is for them. Each of them, I'm sure, have heard things like that in their past. And probably men in some cases, they probably still hear them. But they've ignored that. And those messages create a fear that says, what if they're right? What if I fail? What if I am inferior, less than? like they say I am, and they have overlooked that fear, and they have pushed forward, pushed in, and become more than that, for sure. What other things in common? They have a drive. They won't allow themselves to stay any one place because that place is smaller than where they're going. Now, they started somewhere small and insignificant, perhaps, but they're going bigger and better. They're going greater. And that's what they have in common. They've seen what they don't want. That's another thing they have in common. They, I think they clearly, as a group, see things out in their vision that does make them passionate. It does excite them. But I think just as clearly, and maybe even more clearly, I know it's true in my case, is what I, I know what I don't want to be. I know what I don't want to do in my life. I know the kind of husband I don't want to be because I've seen some bad ones, and I've been a bad one at at times, or certainly not what I should have been. I don't want to be that father that is absent. You know, Make the list of things that are negative and say, I don't want to be those things. I think that most, if not all, of these people have seen clearly what they don't want so that they can basically run or steer away from it. And I think that's a valuable thing to look at for each of us. Now, the question is, 
what do I have in common with each of them? Well, I wouldn't consider my, even though I'm leading this podcast and I'm on with people that have done great things, and I look at some of the stuff I've, I've done and I say, okay, maybe in some metrics it's on the verge of great, but mostly it's good, heading to great. But what do I have in common with those people? It's the same things. I'm imperfect. I am tenacious and I can take some pain. I am daily not allowing the fear to keep me small, to keep me in that small place. And it is fearful at times. I have the drive that says I won't stay there. I will move forward. There's a determination, a willful determination. And I've seen clearly what I don't want. Maybe not as clear as I need to, but that's a process. I'll see what I don't want in others' examples. Maybe it's my parents. Maybe it's other business owners. Maybe it's in people in my own business that I am close to and say, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I have that in common with these people. So as I look at my personal journey, let me turn it more my direction now. The things that, that I'm considering in my life as my, the way I've been putting it late is, is my highest and greatest there are things in my life right now that I say, okay, it's standing in the way of me getting to my highest and greatest, and yet I believe it's part of the process. If it isn't, then I need to gradually or suddenly, in some cases, X that out of my life, just take it out. But often it's gradual because it is part of my process. There's things I'm doing within my company, at my, at my job, that uh, one example, if I were, I've already hired one piece of it, out twice and both times it's failed had two people come in thought they were the right fit and they weren't they had to move on and it was uh, frustrating so now I'm back for the third time in that position and I'm trying to live above my own standard my own capacity the reason I'm hiring for it is because I think there's people out there who can do it better than me and and literally ignite that part of my company in a way that I couldn't. That's why I'm hiring for it. Not because I'm lazy. Not because I don't want the job. I don't want the position. It's not that I don't want the work. I don't want the position. Because my desire, I know that I'm a 70 percenter. I need a 95, 90, 95 plus in the position. And so, so what I see out in my future is greatness, and some of the things today are part of my process of getting there. If I can live in, in or above my capacity for a long period of time, then I'm practicing. I'm practicing that greatness because the people around me, and the people are, are in this world that are great, that have done amazing things, they often had to trust others. They often had to trust God. They had to... Had, they had to, they had to consider the fact that the king of kings made them and he's put this on them on this track and it's nerve-wracking and it's fearful and it's hard and yet they kept going and that's what we all need to do 
but the things that I think I bring to the table is, well, let me give you some examples of things that, of things that I don't bring to the table. I'm not necessarily a motivational speaker. Now, when I sit one-on-one with somebody, I can often motivate, but I'm not a motivational speaker. Now, I've gotten up in front of a few audiences, and I've talked about things that I'm passionate about, and I've heard several comments back that said, that was really good. I've never heard it said like that, which I appreciated. I really did. But by nature, I'm not a motivational speaker. That's not going to be my career. That's not what brings me to my greatness. It may be part of it, and I need to practice, if it is, to do a better job, but it but it's not my main thing. I'm not an influencer like these social media influencers and all of that. I don't think I look great on camera. Now I'm somewhat comfortable because I've done it a lot. I've done a devotional that's, uh, what is it, day almost 400, right? I, I don't remember the number, but it's near 400. And uh, so that's been uh, over a year and a half. I've been doing a daily devotional where I just read some scripture, give a little anecdotal example, but mostly I let the scripture speak for itself. And then at the end of it, I say, now let's get to work because we have work to do. But I'm not necessarily an influencer, although I do have influence. Those are relational with me, relational with me my friends, my family, my grandkids, my, my kids, of course. I do have influence. And I need to treat it kindly. I need to do a good job of using it. But I'm not this social influencer type. Ah, maybe if the Lord chooses. I'm, I'm game. I'm game for anything he wants that gets me to my highest and greatest. And he has yet to reveal it all to me. So maybe. Again, I mentioned motivational speaker. Well, I'm not necessarily a professional speaker either. I've taught some courses. I've taught some classes. I've done video I'm in the process right now of considering what videos I can do to teach some, some coursework that I have in regards to business, business processes and systems and these kinds of things, but I'm not a professional speaker. I'm not a life coach either. A life coach will sit down with you, and their job is to pull out of you things you may already know. I don't mind doing that. I actually enjoy doing that but it needs to be more one-on-one or with a few people. Uh, But I'm not necessarily what you would call a life coach. Some of those golden nuggets come out of me, and I say by the grace of God only, but they come out of me into the other person, and that's, that's a blessing to be able to do that, to coach someone in their life. I had a lot of life experience, and I do like using it. But what do I bring to the table? Well, after, and I hesitated for years sharing this number, but for 33 and a half years, I've read scripture every day of my life. With the exception of about 100, give or take 100 days, in that 33 and a half years, Now, someday in a future episode, I'll get into that story and tell what that was about, but it came from a desperation that I needed wisdom. I needed understanding beyond myself. 
I needed a higher mindset that just wasn't about doing great things. It was about surviving. That's what I needed. So what I've learned to do over 33 and a half years of spending at very least a few minutes in Scripture every day and then up to an hour or two in some days, which is more unusual probably, but every day I've been in there, I've been looking, I've been learning, I've been acquiring wisdom. I can take those Scriptures and I can apply to literally every life situation. And I say every, I don't use that word lightly. I'd say God's principles talk about every life situation. Now, do the specifics of it? Maybe not. But the, but the generalities of it, yes, absolutely. His principles are true and hit the mark on every one of them. Another thing, twist that around the other direction, and when someone gives examples of what they got going on in their life, because of 33 and a half years of practice, I can take those years of Scripture, digging in there, looking at every piece of the Bible, and I can give biblical examples of what's there that answers the question for the person. And I say, if you want to know more about this, here's where you find it. Now, I don't always get that right because, honestly, I read it, not as a textbook. I don't I don't remember the pages or the books of the Bible sometimes where I found certain things, and often I'll have to look that up, but I know it's there and I can find it. That's what I bring to the table. That's the some of the greatness that's going to propel me to perhaps being and doing something great is that I see things more today because of all those years of practice more clearly than I used to. I see his way, the king of kings way, the master of all his way. The other thing I might bring is to help is to is to help people see their greatness. Is it even possible? I want them to see it. Therefore, I show it to them. I say, "Yeah, but let's look out 10 years. Look what it could be." And I have even some processes I go through with people if they're willing to spend half hour to hour with me. And sometimes it takes longer because I, I just love it. And I just whirl around the ideas while they're talking to me. And I can help people see their greatness. Now it's a picture. It's a picture with different frames in it. And the way I describe it is it's pencil. So you can get up there and you can erase one scene and you can put another one in there because it's not solid. It's just something we're dreaming, a vision. And often... For me, God is always part of that, for me and for those people wanting to be great. So I bring some of those things to them and the, the, the greatness in their future, a vision of it. And then what I really enjoy doing is those who have some influence now, help them understand what they can do to have more influence in the future. And influence is leadership. Leadership is influence. You can, you can basically switch the words. Now, they don't both fit in every sentence, but leadership is influence, and influence is leadership, for good or bad, for better or for worse. So that's those things that I'm bringing to the table. That's what this podcast hopefully will bring to you, and that's, I know that I'm going to learn from those I interview, and I know that I'm going to learn by looking at things, doing research, 
looking up definitions and all of that. And then I get the privilege of sharing it out with all of you. That's a wrap for today. Thank you for listening. Episode number one. I've really enjoyed this. And now that you know where I'm headed and what I'm doing, then I hope you'll listen. When it starts coming out on the channels, please like it. Please comment. Please engage. That's it for today. Thank you.